catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Yes, welcome to another episode of 20s Tech Side on Africa Tech Radio. Early in 2023, I asked if Africa was ready for a four-day work week. I spoke to an entrepreneur slash employer. I also spoke to an employee, an HR person, and I spoke to Karen Lowe. Yes. And Karen at that time was pushing or leading uh, the four-day work week or the four-day week South Africa pilot and after the conversation you know towards the end you know i asked if karen would be fine with us looking at the results from the pilot and the feedback from the pilot and she was like oh yes yes sure why not i'm, I'm happy to you know return with the results and i'm like mm, okay i would not forget that <laughs> so i'm recording this in december 2023 and guess what the results are out um, for school children, when you hear the results are out, well, mixed feelings. And I have Karen on this episode, but I do not just have Karen alone. I also have Mark on this episode. Karen is the director of the 4-Day Week South Africa NPC and chairperson of the 4-Day Week uh, South African Coalition. And hi, Karen. How are you doing today? Hi, Anthony. It's so nice to be chatting to you again. Thank you for having me. And I have someone else who I would like Karen to um, introduce. He's also on the call. He'd be um, helping us better understand specifics of the results um, because he was a key partner in um, the research that was carried out in South Africa for the pilot. So, Karen? Absolutely, Anthony. I'd like to introduce everyone to Professor Mark Smith. At the time of the start of the 40-week uh, trial, Mark and his team at Stellenbosch Business School led out on the qualitative research findings around the first Pioneer pilot in South Africa. So Professor Smith really interviewed all of the, the 28 pilot companies that took part, uh, uh, including one Botswana company, um, both at the start of the trial and at the end of the trial. So has an enormous amount of knowledge and interest, not just in the broader global conversation, but worked very closely with 40 Week South Africa in his capacity and partner, Stellenbosch Business School. Um, so yeah, Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Real, a great pleasure to be here. And thanks, Anthony, for the invitation. Great to have you speaking with me. Like, I'm, I'm really happy. Karen, how does it feel? The results are out. First, just describe how you feel. Anthony, when I, I, because I never got to see the report, I had no hand in putting it together. Mm -hmm. I didn't obviously do the research myself, so I must admit it was with a good amount of eager anticipation, a bit of anxiety, and you know, I wasn't too sure what we were going to what we were going to find. I, I, you know, I had an idea that it was going well, but when the results came out. I think there was an immediate sense of elation that it had been so positive and that we had not done dissimilarly to other global pilots in, in, in developed countries. I suppose there was a bit of 
relief work. I wanted us, you know, as, as South Africa and, you know, represents the first developing country on the continent, I really wanted this to be a, an important baseline for us to continue discussions around reduced hours working and, you know, its potential impact to improve well-being in the workplace and all of the rest of it. So as we almost close the year out, I am incredibly proud of the pilot participants. I am very excited about the results and I'm very optimistic about where this will lead us in the new year. Mm. For this being the first on the continent, like, you know, the first time this has been tried on the continent. And for those who do not know, this uh, work for the work with pilots in South Africa started on the 1st of March, yeah, 2023. And we have the results. Karen, walk us through the notable outcomes or results from this pilot. Absolutely, Anthony. So if I may, I'd just like to remind your your listeners that that the four day the four day week campaign and all of the global pilots, including South Africa, did a six month trial and they looked to implement a twenty percent reduction in the average work week. So everything around the four day week is around the hundred eighty one hundred model. So no change to employee pay or leave. 80% of an average work week in return for 100% productivity. And it's perhaps important to just frame that as context because the organizations all went out with a mission of you know, adhering to that framework and model. So in the context of it being a productivity experiment at its heart, we start looking at those you know, harder business measures and, and, and impact. So for example, um, you know, what impact did it have on, on productivity? What impact did it have on revenue? Uh, what impact did it have on absenteeism, resignations, etc.? And we can say that the reported productivity improvement was 49% for this particular pilot. Perhaps really worthy to note that there was no real increase in the intensity of work experienced by the pilot participants. And in fact, mm. 25% of the sample said that their intensity reduced but we had a revenue positive uh, environment as well so average revenue growth for that six months compared to the previous six months of 10.5 percent reported uh, absenteeism dropping by nine percent resignations dropping by 11 percent but then i suppose the real happier side of the story once those business boxes are checked are the improvements in mental health and well-being um, and some of the softer markers as i like to call them so we saw improvements in mental health of you know being reported 35 percent uh, better satisfaction with with work-life balance reported nearly 50 percent better time satisfaction and workability you know just an improved better task management i'm better able to manage my workload and then exercise levels improving by 35 percent and it doesn't matter what base you're improving from the fact that there was a reported increase in exercise obviously has a wonderful effect on well-being sleep improved by 36%. So if you look at that in the context of a productivity experiment, to summarize, really, we had a revenue positive and productivity positive environment, and we achieved some really, really good improvements in the well-being space, reducing burnout and improving well-being and mental health. Hmm. Well-being and productivity, you know, uh, in, the, in one sentence, <laughs> I like that. Professor Mark, as the research lead for this um, pilot program what were your thoughts when you know you started out before the the program started my thoughts right at the start i was like current excitement um i've been working 
on working time, work-life integration, gender inequality, the way work is organized inside companies for, for a long time. Often we're researching the increased intensity of work or precariousness or flexibilization where new contracts uh, might mean that people have to work harder or with less security. And this this seemed like a, a kind of positive research project where where there's something uh, jointly employees and managers and employers can get involved and work together. And the, the success that had been seen elsewhere in the world made it sort of seem like um, an exciting opportunity for South Africa. And then with South Africa being the first uh, developing economy to to actually participate, you know, it was a source of pride for us as well, which I think, and even though I'm, a, an, I'm not a South African national, I feel I feel a, a source of pride in the in the in the institutions and the country and the economy that we that we that we could uh, we could make this work and and re- and really test this and see how it would work in South African context. Mm. And if we're talking about the specifics in terms of well-being, what stood out for you? What stood out for me? I'd say maybe a couple of things. First is that people have a bit more time. So there's quantitative side. They have a little bit more time in the week to do other important things, into whether that's looking after their kids or looking after their chickens or uh, not traveling so far to uh, spending so much time traveling to work or, or spending time on the, the beach or leisure or sport or education, whatever it is. And everybody has a different thing that floats their boat, you know, that turns them on. So mm-hmm. it's, and everybody gets a bit more time to do to do that thing. So so they have a bit more a bit more sort of time in terms of quantity. But they also have a bit more time in terms of quality, and I think that's uh, that, that that's important for well-being as well. So they have quality time at work. People were keen to come back to work, and managers and employees noted that in, in the companies that were successful, it's important to say that they they were keen to come back to work to, and, and were rested and engaged. So they were they were doing their doing their best when they were at at, at work. But they also felt. They, they reported feeling they had time for themselves or time for their families, which is actually more of a qualitative sense in the sense in that they 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 don't feel like they're cutting or they less that they're cutting back on on important time with with uh, with family members, for example, or, or with uh, in other things that they need to do for their for their community. In, in South Africa, the things that stood out to me were things like people were saying, well, they've got time to spend time with their grandmother that they don't see so often, and mm. and, and that they really wanted to 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 spend quality time with time to do some work with their church and their community or, and, and, uh, and as well as the maybe things that we might have seen in other countries in terms of more time uh, looking after children making time to go and watch the cricket match at school or whatever it might be and all, all of those things that are uh, that, that we might not be able to do if we're constrained by the five times eight sort of 40 hour week mm. so in terms of productivity Almost half of the employees reported an increase in productivity during the trial period. Can we compare this, you know, to maybe data before now? And how would you rate the number uh, and the results gotten during the trial period? Uh, maybe I'll start and Karen can, can continue. I, th- I think at the, just a very simple level, the fact that companies are doing at least as much as they were doing before, but often more, with people working fewer hours, there's mm-hmm. necessarily an increase in productivity. So they they have magic, <laughs> magic more time. They've 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 uh, they've done. They they're actually producing or making or delivering 
or serving the same or more, or more in with with people working fewer hours. So that's an ex exciting sort of uh, result, and I think that those de demonstrates a sort of a, a rise in, in productive productivity. What we did find, and what we find all over the world, is that it's quite hard to measure productivity for white collar jobs. You don't really. It's quite hard to sort of count the number of uh, maybe creative actions or, or uh, production of knowledge in, in, in the same way as you might count if you were making cars or you were making uh, making meals. So so that that's that those data are a little bit harder to to put, put your finger put a finger on. But what, so what we were what we saw was that companies were putting in were encouraged to put in place new ways of monitoring productivity as well. So they didn't necessarily have the data before, but they were. The, doing the four-day week trial encouraged them to think about their productivity more. So they they actually thought more clearly about their management processes. And mm. one of the Karen Karen mentioned the article we've just published about the the ten secrets of the four-day week. And one of the secrets is actually that, that managers actually reflect more consciously on what they do mm -hmm. and what they need to what they need to do their job. So they we found they were doing more dashboarding, collecting more, collecting data so they knew and were able to check if they were keeping up with uh, existing productivity levels. But they might not have had that data before because they just assumed, well, they were doing the right thing or they didn't actually, they, they hadn't uh, had, they hadn't had the impetus to, to think about this productivity uh, dimensions. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Karen, Karen might want to add some more from the, from the qualitative, quantitative side, sorry. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, productivity is is very specific to each organization in terms of what their their outputs and outcomes are, and obviously significantly different sometimes across departments and and teams. But I think you know, Mark alluded to this is 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 where are the inefficiencies that preceded the trial? So a lot of the organizations or all of the organizations went through an onboarding process with us where we really got them to focus on where time was being wasted, for example. And it was very much a bottom-up approach. So the staff were consulted um, in, you know, in, in preparation for the trial. So really unlocking conversations around what is productivity to this organization, what is productivity to that individual, and then looking to where time is wasted, where inefficiencies are, um, meeting culture and meeting management. You know, are you are you attaching an agenda? Are you, you know, having a one-hour meeting instead of a meeting that could be twenty minutes? Are you inviting the right people? Uh, you know, just just those kinds of discussions. You know, is your technology stack optimized? Um, you know, what, what are you using for communications? Are those tools efficient or are the processes and systems that you had at the start of the trial not facilitating optimal productivity and outputs? So I think just just that paradigm shift where you look inwards at an, as an organization and you say, how can we waste less time and improve efficiencies? You find that as the trial progresses, there is a sort of a, a more mature approach to being able to understand what those outcomes could be and how to optimize them. Mark, I don't know if you've got anything else to add, but digital distractions and, and meeting culture and, and, and poor, you know, poor systems and processes definitely. Um, it, you, you, we always say you've pretty much got two to three hours every day that you can possibly unlock just by improving systems and processes. And when you're focused on output, you you know and not just the time um you you know you, you just it's an overall 
improvements in, in, in culture, in you know, the way the teams interact and communicate with one another. I, and I mean, just have a personal observation from my side, you know, where was the time being wasted? Mm-hmm. It, ironically, it wasn't the staff that was wasting time. Our, my clients were uh, time chewers and we had to sort of address how client briefing processes went and the number of reverts on a, you know, on a, on a document mm. or a press release or whatever it is. And so there were different efficiencies for, you know, me in the communications sector versus, you know, somebody that was in an IT software environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think productivity is all about efficiency um, and, you know, layering on the intensity. So the last thing we want within the four-day week is a compressed hours environment where you're trying to, you know, to work the, a full five-day week in four days, mm. four and a half days. That, mm. That's not what we're after. We're, we're, we're not seeking to in, increase intensity. Mm. So you're just looking at overall, when I say productivity positive, there is this, you know, a sense and a reported shift and I feel more productive and my workability has improved. Mm. So that would be my contribution. I, I was just sorry, I was just going to add that I think any of our, the listeners here today would, would recognize meetings that they don't need to be in <laughs> or, or meetings that go on for two hours when, when it probably could have been done in, in 40 minutes or, or, or in, in that second hour people are flagging or doing their emails or, or, <laughs> or you know disappearing from in terms of engagement. So it it's it's like Karen said, it's not about sort of increasing the the intensity of work so it, so that people are bur- burnt out, but just in a shorter time. It's about working, probably the easiest way to say it is to work in smarter and better, mm. but but doing that collectively where I say, okay, do do people need to be in this in this meeting? Does the meeting need to be so long? Um, can we can we get this done more quickly? Simple things like standing a standing meeting <laughs> make you know people just get to the point quickly. You're, and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and then and then then go on and, and, and do their work. But because people want to protect the four days, so everybody has some skin in the game. Everybody says, okay, let's get this done uh, quickly and and get get the points across and, and get back to actually doing the work. Hmm. It's really important um, what you've just said because most times when you look at what you think is what makes up for time wasting or what it's it's usually just ensuring that the process and system is a little bit more efficient than you know it used to be and you just free up time and use that time to be much more intentional about doing the actual work or getting something done now let's look at the data points that were gathered the kind of information you looked out for and maybe not the details um, but just the major data points that were you know gathered while this research was on. Do you want me to just, uh, maybe I'll start again and then Karen can uh, add in after me. So we we interviewed the people, the people who participated in the project at three points in time, at the start, the middle, at the end. Okay. And we we focused at the start on managers and then we started talking to managers and employees as we we progressed. And Mm -hmm. what we did we, we were able to benefit because this is a global study we're in south africa is part of that global study mm. we're able to benefit with from what the researchers have done in other countries mm-hmm. and we, we we've been we'd already been working a little bit with the 
researchers in Cambridge in the United Kingdom okay. and in Boston in the United States about the about the study. So we we used some of their protocols and some of their their the type of questions they were asking and the, and the, the way that way it was structured to start off. And so and that gave us a way to 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 make sure we fitted with the the protocol of the overall study. And then as we progressed, we we added some more specific things for the South African and the African context. So the, the a lot of a lot of the four day week is, is rather similar across countries and that's what that's reassuring. It works in different contexts. And so the research questions and protocols were we could we could apply. But then for example in South Africa we uh, in the second and third we we phases we we started talking a bit more about the impacts of things that we we're, that they might find in South Africa in terms of transport challenges or mm. challenges for energy or, or and, and water or crime etc etc and and we also then what also emerged for us we we sort of picked up some of the themes that from the previous phases as well so then that's why we this, uh, this what Karen was saying about that reflection of managers was something that we pulled out uh, strongly as we as we progressed through the study so three three points in time and we used these sort of uh, the the international protocols but then we we augmented those as we uh, to make sure we also captured the local context and what creative ways did you notice that people were in their own organizations trying to implement this like in their own organizations uh, maybe any creative ways innovative ways we were getting around it you, when when Karen was talking, she said, "Oh, this isn't." I know she mentioned it the last time when we're on on a call, um, sometime in March or April. That this isn't a Monday off or a Friday off exactly. That's it. If you don't want it to be a Monday or Friday off, we can think internally about what we would want to do. So, what examples of you know creative or innovative ways do you think you know like these companies? worked around ensuring that you know they had the 80 20 100 or the 20 80 100 so the ways that companies achieve this is is there's actually only there's a i think it's around a quarter of companies close on a friday so that you know if well i'm sure when you were talking about this at the start of the the year people were thinking assume it's uh it's going to be fridays off and everything mm. shuts down and the mm. and in fact the <laughs> One one of the things we published uh, uh, on, on my Substack was like it's not about Fridays on the beach. Uh, <laughs> it's about Fridays on the beach. It, it, it is about Fridays on the beach for some people, but okay. not everybody at the same time. Okay. So most of the organisations have to keep working uh, five days, six mm-hmm. days, even seven seven days, depending on what they do mm-hmm. in their mm-hmm. in, in in terms of their service. So. And as I said, only a, a, a minority of companies do the, the, the four-day. The other companies are doing things like, for example, some people are off on Monday, some people are off on Friday, and then mm-hmm. Monday, Monday through Thursday, everybody's present. Others have uh, something more like a rotating day off. So, for example, Anthony, you on Mondays this week, I'm on Tuesdays, Karen's on Wednesdays, and somebody else on Thursdays mm-hmm. and Fridays. And then next week, you move to Tuesdays, and then and then over a five-week period you 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 go through this complete cycle and every fifth week you get a, a super long organization so sometimes you might have somebody who has a very specific thing they need to do uh, on one particular day of the week uh, okay. so the uh, the manager said well this person always uh, always takes tuesdays or wednesdays whichever day it was whereas other people might be rotating some people work five short days some one co- one company people were working starting a month 
Sunday lunchtime and f- finishing on fr- Friday lunchtime because mm. then they they had a certain continuity, but they realised Friday afternoons were pretty quiet and Monday mornings were were not were, were could be sort of pushed into Monday afternoons. That, that, so that worked for them. So the important thing is it's not an off the shelf solution from Karen or from uh, as four day South Africa or, or four day global. It's uh, it's up to organisations to find the solution themselves. And that that comes back to your question it actually in, inspires a certain amount of creativity but also a collective effort to to find a solution that works for your particular sector and your particular organization uh-huh. uh, Karen, do you want to do you want to chime in before we continue do you want to make any comments yes just very very briefly because it was a it was an interesting statistic so the global average across all of the other pilots it was 47% of organizations would take the day off as a friday and then the south african pilot only 22.7 of the sample took it as a friday and then a further 18% as a monday or a friday but 54% of the sample had no designated day as mark was explaining mm. and i think what's important to note is certainly we observe that south african organizations were a lot more flexible in the approach that they took to deciding which day worked best for them for the team and obviously for the outputs and the productivity um and i think it's also important to note and you know this is a different discussion but the south, Afri- south african companies were not as close to that full 20% reduction in the work week as some of our global counterparts so we i anticipate that it might take a little bit longer for South African organizations to get closer to that 20% mark. So if you look at organizations that have been trialing this for in excess of 12 months, mm-hmm. you know, they're still not often at the full 20%, but they're quite close to that 20% reduction in the work week. Whereas South African companies need to do a little bit more work in getting to that consistent 20% reduction in the work week. Does that make sense? Mm. Yes it does and w- what what are the unique challenges that um this trial pilot face as we wind down with this phase and prepare for probably another one I think South Africa Mark you can speak more um from a from a qualitative perspective mm-hmm. because you interviewed everybody but Mark have you got anything to say specifically on that on that question you're actually probably in a better position to answer it than I am in terms of the transition between the two so um if i understand the correct question correctly i i think there will be uh companies mature, mature in, in in terms of their application of of four day week and and or any time of flexible working and any and in fact any kind of change i'm sure, I'm sure again the listeners out there will as, as well as being aware of meet, meetings where they don't need to be in they're also aware that changes are put in place and they take a little bit of time to bed in and people go through iterations and 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 learn from that and i think that's one of and that's one of the things that allows organizations to be a bit more agile so they keep saying well nothing is fixed we keep we keep sort of changing and growing i think the in relation to those organizations that are the the overall result that south africa didn't reduce hours so much i think we will see uh our hours being a uh, coming down a bit further as more people are involved in that I think some of our managers were a bit more reluctant to do the four day week themselves so I think they need to they 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 they'll they'll they maybe they build a bit more trust and and comf- being more comfortable with with seeing how that's working they 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 may bring come down themselves 
Mm. But also think some companies, some companies might even join, uh, uh, talked about joining the trial for a second time, so they can have that sort of support of Karen's organisation to to uh, to to keep going and in in in, in, uh, in practicing that sort of uh, reduced working time. And Mark, that's a very important point. Sorry to interrupt, mm -hmm. Anthony. In the the challenges are definitely there. This is not something there is, you know, as Mark pointed out, there's no roadmap. We're not going to give you mm -hmm. the silver bullet and say, here you go, implement this, and this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. So that is the first and initial challenge for organizations that are going to do a trial is they have to plan to trial. It's not something that you switch mm. on. It's something you transition towards, and that's really important. So more time spent in planning, going through the four day week global curriculum that's designed you know, to enable a successful trial. Uh, you know, organizations that did less planning and preparation definitely took longer to settle. I, I can speak from personal experience that the month of, of April and the first week of May was a complete nightmare because we had five consecutive four day weeks with all the public holidays that we had. Mm. So that put extra strain on, on, on my organization as well as I know one of the other marketing agencies, um, you know, in a particularly busy month yeah. with communication strategies needing to be delivered and suddenly I have bank holidays and Easter and all of the rest of it and uh, you know it, it, it was right at the start of the trial so they'd literally had March to sort of get into the swing of it and April and May were five consecutive 40 weeks anyway for a lot of these organizations so I think uh, uh, you know just some some interesting interesting challenges and we, and we find the first two months are very iterative and I think that's that's also important. Organizations that don't have that experimental cap on really need to work harder at consulting and finding the solutions to problems and challenges by talking to the staff. You know, this is this is not a, a, a top-down mandated approach. This is a, 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 a new, re, you're redesigning your work week. And in order to do that effectively, you need to consult with employees. And when you encounter challenges, you know, perhaps if you've got a seasonal, you know, tax year end and there needs to be all hands on deck in a particular cycle in a particular month or month end or whatever it is, you need to work around that. And the organization needs to make sure that there is coverage and the output and customer service is being maintained. Um, and, I, and I think that's another point that, that was very interesting for me, speaking to some of the pilot participants, is a lot of them referred to it as a, as a call day. Um, so it was not, it was not a right, it was a privilege. So you earned your intentional rest day through being more productive in the four days that you were working and mm. i you know it's it's a new contract that's established with your with your workers there's an intrinsic motivation that starts developing but there are staff and employees that you know would suddenly go okay well sorry i can't get back to that client because it's it's my four-day weekday mm. and those kind of conversations we needed to keep reminding staff this is this is this is a reward it's an incentive to give you more intentional rest and improve intentional productivity so you, you, it has to be that win-win and we do have to remind staff not all but some staff that but you know you, you need to earn this this is this is a it's a win for an organization and it's, an, a win, it's a win for an employee. And if that goes out of balance and entitlement creeps in, then organizations will face challenge and need to remind employees that this is an incentive. And the entire organization's ability to transition successfully to a four-day week is dependent on everyone doing their bit. So everyone needs to do their heavy lifting and be accountable for their for their outcomes. Interesting. So where do we go from here? What's next? 2024 
what exactly should we expect? So Anthony, we've got another six South African companies, slightly larger in size than our, our first cohort that are going into trial early in the new year. In fact, some have already started. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're open for organizations, small and large, to, you know, come on board and and, and start experimenting with the with, with the four-day week. But from a, a global perspective and perhaps, you know, closer to home here from an African continent perspective, we now have a really good baseline data set for South Africa. So I would like to extend the sample type out into different industry sectors. So Mark and I have often spoken about sector-specific trials. So we would really like to start testing reduced hours working in manufacturing, in mining, in agriculture, in retail banking, in FMCG. You know, there, there's so many environments where you have a, a, a huge variance in your you know, highly skilled worker and your less skilled worker. So how do we do back-end and front-end? How do we do less skilled, um, you know, more labor intensive manufacturing type of environments versus your high skill knowledge worker environments. So making it more inclusive and looking at the idea of inclusive flexibility in different industry sectors where we know it's worked internationally, but we would like to see it work in South Africa. Um, Namibia then has just come online um, and they will be reaching out to Namibian companies to start a trial next year a country specific trial and then we've been in discussions with Botswana with Kenya um, a potential partner in Nigeria um, and because we've just secured a French partner we will also be looking at some of the French speaking territories um, in Africa because we're now able to take all of our course material and curriculum and have it fully translated into the native language so we're extending globally into spanish and french and italian and you know so on and so forth so um and then another another key point is um, because of south africa's efforts india reached out to to us and said oh we'd like to do a trial so india is gearing up for their first trial um so i suppose we're just leading the way as a developing country um we've shown it can work and achieve relatively similar results to developed country trials. It's time to broaden the sector and it's time to move up into the African continent. And, and what is so exciting for me is that we're, we're looking at, a, at an Africa with a very, very young workforce. Mm. Whereas mm -hmm. Europe and a lot of other uh, countries are experiencing an aging workforce and the talent wars are very real, Anthony. You know, organizations globally are, are, are poaching our talent. So there's definitely a war on talent. Mm. Um, well-being is, is, is at critical levels, certainly in South Africa and, and, and other countries. So, you know, what can we, what can the four day week do to improve organizations' ability to attract and retain talent and improve the overall sort of well-being, reduced levels of burnout and prevalence of mental health in the workplace? Um, and then I would like to see more research done um, and Mark and I, again, we've spoken about this a lot, but in diversity and inclusion and in skills development. And so what other sort of social impact studies can we do that are not currently tracked as part of the sort of global mandate that Boston mm, does? So mm. you know, this is where local partnerships with local universities like Stellenbosch Business School and, and the University of Botswana, for example, would be really critical. So what is pertinent to that territory what are their stresses that they're facing as a country you know so for south africa talent we're southern africa is at greatest risk number one in the world for talent loss 
greatest greatest risk, and we have the second worst well-being score. Mental health is a component of well-being in the world. So we're dealing with critical levels, and that's costing business a lot of money. If you've got burnt-out mm-hmm. workforces or constrained workforces that are not operating at you know optimal capacity, there's no rest. You know, you've got absenteeism. That's a direct cost to bottom line. Um, presenteeism, staff that are not at capacity, but they attend work, but don't really output anything, also costs money. So if we can start looking at that whole recruitment and retention strategy, how to optimize that through reduced hours working, you know, we are testing the hypothesis, can we attract and retain talent? And to what extent can we do that as an African continent and country specific, you know, and, and start turning the needle on diversity and inclusion, more women in the workplace, making it more accessible. As a working mum myself, that's that's critical for me. You know, how can we, you know, look at the, the sort of the non-work burden of care? Can we create more equality in the in the in the home environment where the, the traditional caregiver as the woman, you know, there's more load being carried by a partner, perhaps. Um, so there's all sorts of things that we'd like to study. So uh, what's next is to approach governments for sector trials, sponsored trials, and perhaps private sector, and to start trialing with organizations that are large. So that's another thing that we're doing now is consulting to large organizations in certain sectors, uh, specifically actually in insurance and banking um, has been quite progressive. And one or two of our large manufacturers, auto manufacturers have, have approached us. And we design a bespoke trial and we go through a very specific planning process with these organizations. So 2024 is about scale. It's about more research. It's about sector-led research and just asking more organizations to trial and transition. That's what I would like to see. And I'd like to see a lot more African countries coming on board so that we can uh, stem the, the critical loss of talent and see if we can be leaders in work time reduction, you know, improving productivity and everything that goes with it instead of following the lead from developed countries. I think there's some very unique things that we can test and trial in, in Africa. Mm, thank you very much. Um, in Nigeria, it's it's called the hashtag Jackpot Syndrome. Yes, loss of talent. Thank you so much. I really hope that we get to the point where the very young young workforce we have on the continent would exist in workplaces that place you know premium productivity as well as well-being and not one suffers for the other so that we're all you know better for it the companies, employers, employees and the continent as a whole. Thank you very much, Karen Lowe, um, Director of 40 Week South Africa NPC and Chairperson of the 40 Week Essay Coalition. Thank you for you know coming back on this platform to share the results and the challenges and what the future holds for the you know trying this out. And as you said, it's not like we're handing anybody the, the blueprint, you know, and just go and do what it says. No. We're all in it together. We're all figuring it out together. And that's all we really need. Thank you very much, Karen Lowe. Thank you for having me, Anthony. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Yes. And Professor Mark Smith of the Stellenbosch Business School, the research lead for this project. Thank you very much for coming on and sharing you know, with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure. Beautiful. So in case you you know, want, need to catch up on the previous episode um that which is on is 
Africa ready for the four-day work week, you can search on the website, Africa Tech Radio, or wherever you listen to your podcast from, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your um, podcast from, and you'd find the conversation I had with Karen and with uh, three others, an HR professional, an employer, and an employee to get a better understanding of, you know, how... The, what your thoughts are um, about the four day work week and how Karen broke down um, how it's mainly about you know productivity and well being being in the same conversation at work. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on AfricaTechRadio.com.